Chapter Twelve of Making Fate by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twelve: A Young Man of Moods. The note was sent, and three days passed before any reply to it was received. There were reasons for this state of things. In the first place, perhaps Ralph Bramlett had deteriorated more rapidly in the weeks which had intervened since he had seen Marjorie than people can understand who do not know how rapid, at times, can be the descent of a soul. Just what forces were brought to bear upon him to help him downward would be difficult to explain. In truth, there was no perceptible force. He simply slipped, and allowed himself to keep on sliding without an effort to recover himself. Without even realizing that he was sliding, or at least that he had anything to do with such a state of things, it was always fate. He did not take the midnight train for home, as he had nearly planned. It was the hapless young victim whom he had studied at the theatre who prevented him from doing that. Since the world was going against him, let it go. He would have as good a time as he could by the way. That was the mood in which he had retired for the night at a late hour." It possessed him to an even greater degree when he arose the next morning with a headache and the dregs of his cold still shivering at him. He fell in that day with some companions who helped him in his slipping. Companions of that character can nearly always be found, even without search. At the end of three days the money he had brought with him from home was very nearly exhausted, but he stayed on in the belief that he was looking for work, though as he would do only certain kinds of work, and the market seemed to be already overstocked with people of like mind with himself, he had very little hope of success. Still, he wrote home explaining what he fancied at times was his motive for staying, and his father raised not without difficulty the amount of money which his son believed he needed for a month's stay and sent it to him. For this expenditure, Hannah Bramlett quietly made some sacrifices of cherished hopes, not large ones, but they meant a good deal to her. At the end of ten days the money was exhausted and Ralph came home. Nothing very alarming from an outsider's point of view had occurred during his stay in New York. He had held himself from grave troubles of every sort. Nothing more important appeared on the surface than a debt of five dollars which had been borrowed in an emergency from one of his new friends. He had been assured that it was of no consequence at all, in response to his repeated statements that he would send the amount as soon as he reached home. He knew that he would do so, that his honorable father would somehow secure the sum, though it were many times that amount, rather than have a debt stain the Bramlett name. Ralph assured himself that by so much he was like his father, and as the train sped along, he took pleasure in the thought that he was an honorable man, and that he was coming home from a first visit in the great city without any of the smirches on his name which some young men had brought from there. And yet, as has been said, Ralph had changed in many ways during that short period." One way in which it was evidenced was his manner of receiving a certain bit of information which came to him but the evening before he left the city. He fell in with a commercial traveller who had often visited his own town, and with whom he had a slight acquaintance. 
at that distance from home the man seemed like a friend and ralph confided to him his disgust for the farm and his futile efforts to secure a position to his mind i'll tell you what said the genial man i believe i know just the place for you do you understand bookkeeping well then the place is waiting for you i suppose you know the snyders by reputation at least they are looking for a bookkeeper of the right sort he isn't easy to find their business is very large you know and they must have a man of undoubted integrity they give a fairly good salary on the start with a chance for increase if there is satisfaction fifteen hundred a year is more than you can clear from the farm i fancy and a few years of clerkship of this sort would enable you to save money enough to study law on your own account if you wanted to there is a good deal of opportunity for study by the way in that sort of clerkship it isn't steady work all the while that they pay for you know it's responsibility why not try for the place i think i could put you in the way of getting it our firm and the snyders have business relations which make them very friendly i believe our mr perkins would recommend a name that i gave him and the snyders will be very likely to listen to mr perkins shall i set the ball to rolling now the snyders were well known to ralph bramlett in fact one of them had his handsome home in the same town where ralph lived and went to and from it every day by train to the city two hours distant where his business lay it flashed through ralph's mind that he could very possibly do the same thus saving his board and enjoying what he had always fancied he should especially like a daily ride on the cars yet he hesitated why even so short a time as three weeks before he would not have hesitated for a moment he could almost hear the echo of his answer no thank you it is a very good berth for people of like views with the snyders but the bramlets for generations back have been staunch temperance men you see dead set against the whole business for his grandson to become for ever so short a time bookkeeper in a distillery would disturb even the rest of heaven for grandfather bramlett i am afraid in point of fact there could have been no such echo for he made no such answer the commercial traveller seeing his hesitation continued it isn't a subordinate position you know as bookkeeper you would be looked upon as a gentleman and have more leisure and more courtesy shown you than in a lawyer's office by a great sight and then there is the chance to rise i know said ralph slowly it would be a very good temporary opportunity if it were not for the business my people are prejudiced in that direction oh because it is a distillery i see but then man alive it isn't a partnership in the concern as a clerk who keeps the books of course you have nothing whatever to do with the sale of liquors why an angel might straighten out the books of a firm seems to me there is no responsibility involved except with money now the commercial traveller was honest enough he was not a deep thinker in any direction he had never been educated along these lines and the matter looked to him as he had stated it but ralph bramlett as far back in his family history as he could remember anything had known of his grandfather as a temperance thinker speaker and writer a radical of the radicals his son ralph's father 
had so far followed in the family line as to bring up his children to believe that liquor selling was a sin and that all connection with it however remote was therefore sinful on occasion ralph could argue for this side of the question and had done so in the debating society in a way to win commendation from certain who shook hands with him and assured him that they remembered his grandfather and that he was a worthy chip off the old block yet this young man with feelings not convictions hesitated and argued weakly and allowed himself to be convinced and the good-natured commercial traveller set the ball to rolling with such success that before ralph bramlett had been at home two days he received an invitation to become bookkeeper in the firm of snyder snyder and co on the third day he accepted it not until after he had sent his letter of acceptance did he tell his father and mother and hannah it so happened that before he told even them he had met estelle douglas and made haste he could not have told why to explain the situation to her she had irritated him at the time as she nearly always did despite the strange fascination which she had for him what does marjorie say about it she had exclaimed i don't see for my part why it is not a sensible enough thing to do as you say you have no more to do with liquor selling than the rest of us have and keeping books is an honourable enough employment but i shouldn't have supposed that marjorie edmonds would have thought so for a moment nor your father and mother either for that matter but then you are of age of course and will do as you please but i am amazed at marjorie's giving her consent said the young man who was being swayed continually by impulse why do you always speak as though marjorie edmonds had a mortgage on my common sense and judgment and everything of that sort i have said nothing about how she regarded it nor can i imagine why it should concern her it is a purely business transaction with which my friends have nothing to do then estelle had laughed that trying little laugh of hers and had answered oh ralph how absurd such old friends as you and i ought to be more honest with each other than that don't i know that everything connected with you in any way concerns marjorie edmonds did she know how much he wished that this were true or did she know of the serious break between them and was she trying to comfort or torture him he studied over these questions after he got away from her and could make nothing of them also he studied himself and tried to understand why he had been so precipitate what effect would this last step of his have on marjorie be sure he had thought of her when he took it while he was writing his note of acceptance the reckless mood was upon him marjorie had chosen to get angry at nothing and throw him over therefore he was not bound to consult her wishes let her be shocked if she would it was all her own fault but for her ill-treatment he would not have thought of such a thing he imagined her trying to indignantly remonstrate with him and he gloomily telling her that she had herself to thank for the entire matter all this was very babyish it must be admitted but ralph on occasion could be babyish there were actually times when he exulted in her dismay and indignation she had brought dismay upon him why should she not feel it in return 
there were other moods during which he entered into an elaborate argument to convince her that this step was the right and wise one times were hard nothing could be done on the farm during the winter his father was growing old and needed help he had resolved to sacrifice himself and his prospects there was no opening in the direction of his tastes which promised immediate returns therefore his tastes should be crucified for the good of all concerned in that mood he felt like a martyr who had risen above the prejudices by which he was surrounded and therefore deserved a crown from estelle's interview with marjorie as ill fortune would have it she came straight to ralph that is she saw him at the corner and called and of course he waited for her she was still uncertain how marjorie had received the news at ralph's hands and still anxious to learn i have been in to see marjorie she began gaily i thought you might like to hear from her i really pity you my friend if you have an engagement with her soon for i do not think she is in an amiable frame of mind oh she did not commit herself to me marjorie never is particularly communicative with us girls you know but her mother was more frank she said in so many words that she did not approve of your new business at all i presume she knew that that would harm no one said ralph in his very stiffest tone and then estelle launched forth with her history of the things that marjorie did not say and with the description of her face and manner which last was calculated to do the most harm under the circumstances estelle did not mean to speak other than the truth she did not even mean to do mischief she liked marjorie edmonds but she liked ralph bramlett more there were times when it seemed to her an angel's work to save him from marjorie's coldness and hardness if she could she had taken certain impressions from marjorie's silence and these impressions she gave ralph for facts by the time he had left her at her own door his soul was in a tumult of indignation somehow he had gotten the impression from what had been told him that marjorie posed before the girls before this girl at least as one who owned him body and soul and meant to manage all his affairs for him with a steady hand or else have none of him was there ever a weak man who was not afraid of being managed by a woman the very suggestion put this one into a fury and he walked away resolved upon showing the whole edmund set that he was his own master and meant to be nothing occurred to change this mood and in the evening came marjorie's letter he received it and his sister hannah's words with indignant eyes here's a note from marjorie i hope she tells you what she thinks of you perhaps you will care for her opinion since you don't for any of your own family he answered her angrily that he knew his own business and that to get no thanks from any of his family after sacrificing his own interests for their sakes was exactly the return he expected then he shut his door with a bang and sat down to read his letter dear ralph were the first words he felt all his pulses thrill and throb under their touch the old-time familiar words he had piles of notes from her tied with pink ribbon the color which she wore so much and every one of them began dear ralph there was no word of reproach 
no hint of any difference between them apparently she had not thought of such a thing it was just marjorie's sweet bright self brushing aside as a thing of little moment an absurd rumour concerning him only stopping to let him know of it so that he might say the proper things to people in return for their folly what an unutterable fool he had been if now he could answer this cheery little note in the spirit in which it was sent could reassure her that he had not of course given a serious thought to the opportunity which had come to him because his principles would not admit of it and then could tell her in a superior and manly way of his numerous business disappointments while in the city and enlarge upon the strangeness of providence in thus closing all other avenues and putting in his way only that which his conscience would not allow him even to consider what a letter he could write he was fond of expressing himself on paper and could not help lingering over some of the sentences which he might pen under other circumstances even while realizing the folly of them as he had shaped things what an opportunity was this for saying in reply to marjorie's hint that he had friends on maple avenue that judging from the way in which he had been treated he had feared that he had no friends there then he could enlarge upon the horrors of that night when she was missed and searched for frantically and incidentally he could hint not in apology but simply by way of explanation how deeply he regretted his inability to do as she wished that night there were certain reasons which he could not in honour explain to her why this was really impossible but he had supposed that she could trust him was there ever a more delicate thrust than that and to think that he had cut himself from all such possibilities for despite the commercial traveller's logic and his own many arguments something assured him that marjorie edmonds and marjorie edmonds's mother would not receive a bookkeeper in a distillery on the same footing as they had received ralph bramlett farmer no not even if his salary were fifteen thousand dollars instead of fifteen hundred in time he might overcome the prejudices of the daughter his influence was potent there the very note which he held in his hand indicated it but the mother would discourage that influence and would do what she could to prevent their intimacy and it would be a long hard tiresome ordeal if he had but known that marjorie would write him such a letter as this he would not have accepted the proposition at least so he assured himself what if he should throw it up even now his father was bitterly disappointed in him had told him he would rather starve than eat bread earned by a son of his through such a channel his mother had cried and hannah had tossed her head and said the bramlet name was honoured now suppose he should write to the snyders and ask for his release on the ground of his father's opposition it would certainly appear well in a son to show such deference to the wishes of his father ah but there was estelle douglas again had he not talked over the family opposition with her and assured her that he must do the best for all parties concerned even though they reproached instead of thanked him would not estelle with her quick wits know that it was marjorie who had overturned the whole and would not her quick tongue blazon it abroad he should be a laughing-stock for the town a man in leading-strings 
it would never do he must abide by his promise if marjorie had not ill-treated him he would never have made that promise under the sting of this thought he wrote miss edmonds seems to have forgotten that she chose to act as though the writer had no friends on maple avenue he is prompt to try to understand efforts of that kind so far as the rumor referred to is concerned he expects to go into business for the firm of snyder and snyder in two days more when a man cannot secure what he would he must needs take what he can get and endure alike the reproaches of friends and the sneers of enemies it was this letter over which marjorie edmonds bowed her head that night and cried she had not shown it to her mother she could not endure the thought of doing so yet her mother must be told how utterly ralph had failed her she did not know that although it was barely three hours since the letter had gone out of his possession that ralph bramlett would have given his entire prospective salary for the sake of having it back in his hands unread End of chapter twelve